I mean, I'm a Manchester United fan and have been for 40 years of my life, but I'm disgusted, absolutely disgusted. I'm disgusted with Manchester United and Liverpool most. I mean, Liverpool, they pretend you know, you'll never walk alone, the people's club, the fans' club. Manchester United, 100 years, born out of workers around here. And they're breaking away into a league without competition that they can't be relegated from. It's an absolute disgrace. And honestly, we have to wrestle back the power in this country from the clubs at the top of this league. And that includes my club. And I've been calling for 12 months as part of another group for an independent regulator to bring checks and balances in place to stop this happening. It's pure greed. They're imposters. They're imposters. They're nothing to do. The owners of this club, the owners of Liverpool, the owners of Chelsea, the owners of Manchester City, they're nothing to do with football in this country. I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking. Oh, yes, slow down. You really, yeah. are you stupid questions by me about soccer? Something I don't, I don't understand whatsoever. Okay, Michael, Super Leagues or Champions League? <laughs> Which one do you prefer? <laughs> well, I, 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 I often consider myself a champion, so I'm going to throw in with them. Don't, don't you consider yourself to be super? No, all? I feel like I feel like that would be conceited and 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 uh, self-centered. But a champion, you wouldn't you wouldn't consider that to be. Well, that's just the honest truth. Oh, but isn't that still being conceited, though? No. Like, what's the difference between no. being conceited humility, and the honest truth? Humility is knowing where you're at. Humility is knowing where you're at. I'm not super, but I am a champion. Okay, cool. Yeah, so recently, um, it was like a week ago, we had a whole, I want to say catastrophe, but a very interesting <laughs> dynamic that went on between the Champions League um, and the ill-fated Super League, which to me, when I heard that, sounded a lot like the Extreme Football League. I thought it was a bad idea and wasn't going to go anywhere because it just sounded uh, quite dumb. Um, but that started last Sunday where a bunch of the main um, football clubs or soccer teams, whatever we're calling we should decide what we're saying this today, um, decided they were going to break away from some of the key um, leagues in the um, across Europe and start their own um, and start their own league called the Super League. So the Champions League um, is generally, and I'm sure Joseph, who's my brother, who's here tonight. Hi, Joseph. How's it going? He like took a break from making TikTok dances to join us old geezers on our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and we we're talking about the Champions League, the Super League, and he, yeah, Joseph, have you ever made a TikTok dance? I've never. I actually had TikTok for a little bit, but I deleted it because. It's actually highly addictive. So. And debaucherous. And decadent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm bourgeois of you. That's pretty good, Joseph. I, I commend you as my as your brother. I, I'm like, that's a good job. You cut it out. But anyway, so a bunch of these teams, Champions League is formed by some of the top flight uh, leagues, um, themes from the top flight leagues um, and other leagues, as I'm sure John can also elucidate better because I think he has a better grasp on how the um, – structure works than I do. Um, they go through and they kind of take some of the top teams that all play together in this champions league, which is, so you get like the top four teams from the Italian league, uh, which I believe is series a, um, you get the top four teams from La Liga, which is in uh, yeah, Spain. Uh, how many, you only get two from the French league, right? Because they suck. Um, yeah. So it's a very, it's a, it's a series of um, it's based on something called a coefficient which is essentially a ranking of all the different nation, national leagues 
based on how they've done in European competitions in past years. So it's based on something like a five or 10 year period, how well those teams do. And so that's why the English leagues, the Italian leagues, the Spanish and the Germans all get four teams. But, you know, for example, the San Marino champion, only one team gets to enter the Champions League and they enter at the very first qualifying round and they have to work it through four rounds of qualifying just to make it to the point where the English leagues get their free pass to. So it's based off of how the teams do in Europe in previous years, how many teams they get. They're, they're, they're changing the, the model in four years where the French are going to get three teams, but that's still a few years away. Well, that makes sense. The Italians don't aren't terrible. Not at soccer. Not at soccer. Not at soccer. Yes. Right. <laughs> Let's go! Turn this franchise around, baby. <laughs> well, the, but the, so, um, so, but the interesting thing that I've always found with the Champions League is this whole fight, especially in the top flight leagues, which is the the four: um, German, Italy, Spain, and um, uh, England. Uh, Joseph is a Chelsea fan, so we thought, you know, you might be able to bring in the English perspective on this. Yeah, represent, I guess. Um, so, um, but what was always interesting about it <clears throat> was um, that fight to uh, essentially pass into the Champions League. Um, like, as a Dortmund fan, this has been incredibly exciting trying to see them qualify because only the top four teams uh, qualify, and it's no sure thing. Like, Bayern Munich is always going to qualify generally, um, but then the other three spots, are always th- those are all going to be up in the air. Um, there is some weird stuff going on with the Premier League. Am I right? Uh, Joseph, like which team is gonna is trying to qualify? Isn't it like some like nobodies that are gonna end up qualifying for the Champions League this year from the Premier League? Is this like a Chelsea joke or something? No, I, I really honestly don't know. I don't. Are there Chelsea jokes? Who's Chelsea? <laughs> no, because well, Chelsea's Chelsea's fourth. <laughs> Chelsea's fourth in the Premier League right now, and so it's the top four spots. And then I'm pretty sure. Uh, West Ham is fifth. Oh, that's maybe you're talking about West Ham. Yeah, if you, if West you had Ham asked was... that question a week ago, West Ham and Leicester City were both in the qualifying spots. So it's changed a bit now. So West Ham lost to Chelsea. So now Chelsea is in the fourth spot. Okay. I wasn't following any of the thing in the Premier League. So. Has anyone spoken to Chelsea? How is she doing? <laughs> no? Sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 no, West Ham sounds like a good team, though. I just... But so essentially, but they're not one of the. West Ham is a good team. I just don't think anyone saw them in the side. Yeah, well, the same thing happened in the Bundesliga because, um, like Wolfsburg, like who the heck knows about Wolfsburg, and they're probably going to qualify at this point. Um, but they're not a big club in the same way that Bayern and uh, Dortmund are. So what happened um, last year, last uh, just a week ago, is some of the biggest clubs across Europe. Um, it, what was it? It was six from the Premier League, correct? I'm forgetting the exact. It was, I think it was uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, Manchester United, Man City, and then I'm was it Tottenham? Tottenham. Yeah, for some reason they yeah. invited Tottenham too. But yeah, there was. Is that a surprise that they're called? Those are the, no, those are the traditional big six in England. So, so they're and not traditional as in like the last ten or fifteen years. Um, Tottenham yeah. hasn't always been quote unquote top six, but definitely in the last decade. 
and then okay and so then there's like three from uh the la liga which was like uh real madrid barcelona and atletico madrid and then three again from the italian league which was um what was it ac milan inter milan and juventus mike they were all from northern italy yeah, i hate all of them <laughs> no, I'm My mom was from Northern. So good. To to be fair, there is absolutely no team in Syria A right now from Sicily. So, really? Yeah. Not uh, even Palermo. Palermo's the, Palermo's the biggest team, and they I think they're in the third division in um, uh, Italian soccer now because they've just completely fallen off the map. That's what I'm saying. I met uh, a number of years ago the captain of the Palermo team, or one of the captains of the Palermo team at a. Uh, at a bar. Very lovely man. Really? Did you get his autograph? Not very good at soccer though, because they got relegated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was weird. It was weird. I was trying to I was trying to get food and no one could understand me. And they were all like talking like Sicilian. And the guy comes up and he throws his arm around my shoulder and he's like, Hey, what do you need? And I was like, That was English. And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, What do you need? And he's like, Well, I want to practice my English, so we're gonna have lunch together. And uh, what do you want? And I was like, I want these things. And he was like, All right. And he bought all those things for me. And then we sat down, we started drinking a beer, and we're eating. And he's practicing his, practicing his English. And then these like little kids run up to him and ask for his autograph. And I was like, Who the heck are you? And he was like, I, I play football. Choco, <laughs> <laughs> I'm football. <laughs> so wait, so did you get his autograph? No, I didn't. I don't, I, I don't know anything about soccer. <laughs> if you saw a bunch of little kids, you may as well ask. I'm not a child, Thomas. <laughs> what was his name? I don't know. He was Sicilian. I didn't, I didn't I don't remember. You didn't even catch his first name? He talked too fast. It was a long time ago. <laughs> what year was that? If his name had been Floyd Mayweather, maybe I'd care. <laughs> I hope you'd been a boxer. It was spare time. Yeah, I'd do some boxing for the, for the gangs down in the Sicilian Mafia, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so there's the foundation of the Super League which has this interesting aspect to it in the sense that the founding teams, these 12 teams, I believe, I'm getting my numbers correct. I don't do math for a living. Um, there's no way they get relegated ever. They're just set. There's no competition. There's no way that they will ever not get into the Super League as opposed to with the Champions League where you have to qualify every single year, right? Like in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich is like, almost certainly always going to qualify, right? But Borussia Dortmund, which is another really big club, isn't always going to qualify. Like this year, there's a chance they might not qualify. So that's going to be, uh, that's that's going to be a hit because there's a lot of money that comes in um, with uh, qualifying for the Champions League, like a ton of money. Um, so, but that was the kicker though with these clubs was, um, yeah, they just would, would never get relegated. They would always be in the Super League. And so it was, uh, that was an interesting, not having that sense of competition. Um, people call it the Americanization of football, which I didn't quite buy or get. Did anyone else understand that or take umbrage with it or? Yeah, I think because in like, like Americans, there's no, there's only like one top league. Mm -hmm. Like you look at the NFL, you don't have teams getting relegated every year. You just have the same. 32 teams every single year. So I think. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's really due to the shared closed ownership model in the U S more than anything where like, for example, the um, I guess it was the national hockey league when they just added some teams 
the team had to pay an expansion fee uh, and basically buying their rights to enter this closed system as opposed to a meritocracy where you playing on by on the field, you know, you can, you can earn your way up the chain. So the U.S. model is pay to play, but then once you pay, there's a level of risk management by having you, you know, secure your investment by, if you just paid $100 million to get a team, you don't want that team to go to the second level because you're going to lose out on your TV contracts, et cetera. So uh, a certain level of, of protection based on the investment too. But isn't it there something, wouldn't you say there's something different about American sports in the sense that most sports have some sort of salary cap um, in the sense that any NFL team can be competitive, um, but some random team in like Italy, just they're not going to qualify for the Champions League and the best they can hope for is to get into Series A and then they're never really going to go anywhere. Like well, That's not true at all. Because you look at, okay. like Man- look at Manchester back. City. Take Manchester City as an example. They got relegated from the Premier League in 1996 and then again to the third division in 1998. They, they finally bounced back and forth between the second division and the first division throughout the early 2000s until by, you know, by their good, good fortune, they got bought by an Emirati prince oh. in 2008 who just poured boo-goo bucks into their, their, into their, you know, their whole team. And now they're one of the best teams in Europe. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily a meritocracy. All it takes is finding some super rich Middle Eastern or Southeast Asian businessman who has nothing better to do with their money than spend it on the soccer field. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that what happened with PSG? Uh, pa- Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, which is the, the, like the only good French team that anyone cares about. Leon is okay. Um, the Qatar government basically owns their team. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that's, that's actually so true. It's not Chelsea too, actually. Wait, who bought Chelsea? Uh, Roman Abramovich. She was like some Russian like business mogul or something. I don't know. But yeah, some oil tycoon. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. How does that compare then with the German model, uh, where the German model has something that's set up more that might be uh, synonymous with like uh, the Green Bay Packers, which there's like a shared ownership of the team. Does that mean that the German teams are just never going to do well overall, or? That's a structural requirement. So the Bundesliga has a 50 plus one uh, fan ownership requirement. So um, like if you're going to be in the Bundesliga, you have to have your fans own 50% of the shares plus one. It's just a hard and fast rule. Uh, Enforcing that in other leagues is going to be just impossible due to the fact that like the Premier League teams are just too valuable now to make that even realistically an entry point. But it's just more of a historically that's how it's been. And it's just kind of gotten to the point now where football has gotten soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, oh, has gotten so valuable as a as a as a commodity that it's outrun that model of sorts. But the German model is still kind of sticking with the historical way of doing things. So I don't think it's necessarily that they're it's it's that they're doing things a certain way. It's more of they haven't changed with the times, and now it's almost too late to change. Interesting. So everything to say about Germany. <laughs> change with the times. So well, but is that one of the reasons then why there was noticeably no German teams that were in this new uh, created Super League? Because obviously Bayern Munich is still one of the best teams in the world. They go head to head with just about any soccer team or maybe even almost any national team um, in the world. I don't know if that's uh, exaggeration, but I think that's a, is that part of the reason then you would argue as to why they weren't, um, they didn't end up joining the super league. 
Yeah, 100%. That ownership model makes it so that decisions like that can't be made without the fans' buy-in. So it's pretty effective for preventing things like that. Mm -hmm. So they probably like approached them. um, I wonder how it went if the guys who were like the sporting directors were like, we'd love to, but our fans aren't going to... They aren't, they aren't going to go for it. <laughs> There's going to be a, it's going to be a no-go. There's probably other one. reasons why the German teams haven't joined, but the, fa- the fan ownership was a non-starter for even beginning the conversation because it would have, would have had to be approved by the fans. And I think, I think a lot of these owners knew that it was going to be unpopular. They, I don't think they realized just how unpopular it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this thing fell apart like literally within like three or four days. Um, it, it was like, it was here. And it was like this whole thing and everyone's like freaking out about it and everything was going on. And then it just like nosedived, it catastrophized. And then like Chelsea, much to Chelsea's credit, was the first team that that pulled out and was said, forget it, we're not, we're not part of this. And they like apologized. But like the um the the response against it was just like intense. There was just an intense backlash against it with people protesting, people just going nuts over it. I have a feeling that these owners had no idea that it was going to be as bad um, as, as they thought it was going to be. It was just kind of a catastrophe. And then once all the German teams pulled out or not excuse me, the German, the English teams pulled out, uh, that was it. They're absolutely done. There was nothing that could be done. Apparently though, like aren't the, um, the Italian teams and the Spanish teams still chilling out there within the super league and they don't really know what they're doing now at this point, it's a little bit this awkward situation where it's okay. Are you guys, are we joining the team or what are we, what are, what's, what's going on with this, the super league that only has four teams. So like what, like who's left in that anymore? Is it just the Italians now at this point? I'm pretty sure both Spanish teams, Barca and Real Madrid are, are left, but I know, I think Florentino Perez, I think he's the president of, Real Madrid. Um, I may be wrong, but he still is like confident that they're going to go forward with it, like in the future. But is, I don't he, know. is he Something Real Madrid? Changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's trying to he's trying to argue that there's financial um, ramifications, penalties that the other teams that have dropped out are going to have to pay to their remaining teams. And so, like, I think it's them and Barcelona. You're right. I think there might be another one of the at least one of the um, Italian teams that's still in it that are basically just have being kind of non-committal. I think it was one of the Italian teams put out a, like a, a non-denial denial where they were like, well, it's not feasible at this point, but not we're dropping out. So like that way, if there were going to be penalties down the road, they might be able to benefit from them. So I think also it's worth keeping in mind of the 12 teams that entered the Super League, there's a very different motive for why they joined for a lot of the different teams. And the English teams, they're already very financially successful. They're some of the biggest juggernauts on the, on the whole planet uh, as far as making money across sports, not even just soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at you know, Southern Europe, you look at the Italian teams and the, and the, uh, and the uh, Spanish teams, those teams are mired in debt. They have massive amounts of debt. And so Barcelona, as a in prime example, has over a yep. billion dollars in debts. When you're looking at a scenario where you're talking about, you know, four billion dollar prize pool, they I mean, they had to join. They were almost required to, because otherwise, how are they gonna pay off their debt? It's it's kind of a lifeline that was thrown their way. And so you, you the Italian soccer teams, most of them are losing four or five hundred million dollars over the last decade. There was some financial reports that came out 
a couple of weeks ago that showed that that none of them made money. So um, some of them were able to make that through that through having you know S- Southeast Asian businessmen or American businessmen who were bankrolling it all. But still, it's it comes a point when the bill comes due, and and for the the Southern European teams, this was seen as a lifeline out of debt for a lot of that. So do you think they're going to try to milk this then for um, to kind of like fill some debt holes or some deficit? Florent- holes, Florentino Perez is going to fight tooth and nail to get every dollar he can. Hmm. So why was it so unpopular with, with every, with just every, seemingly everyone? Was it just seemingly because there was not going to be any competition or was it just because they, um, it seemed like it was ha- is a ham-handed grab for money, or what exactly uh, was the reason everyone hated it? Um, I think it was a combination of things, but I think the primary factor, at least for the fans, and like every person I've talked to, like hated it. Like every single fan I've ever talked to was like, "It's the worst idea ever." But I think for the fans, it was the idea of like no relegation, no ch- competition. Really, you know, it's like there's no chance, even if your team's terrible, like they play terrible, there's no chance that any of your teams will get relegated because they're like the elite or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just because that's something that's has always seemed so different, at least as an American watching soccer or European soccer is that idea of getting relegated and not having that aspect, that extra wrinkle uh, really just did seem like just a power grab, a money grab. Um, you easily had, you know, a spot in this new super league thing hanging out there. Um, and what was funny is that it was JP Morgan chase. That was the one who was bankrolling it at the beginning. That was the interesting thing. It was a New York city bank that was putting forward, uh, like the forwarding money, uh, to get it started, which I thought was just this added interesting wrinkle to this whole, uh, dynamic. And I think that's also part of the reason why a lot of the the sentiment has been anti-American sentiment in Europe behind why they're, I mean, it's not the reason why they're against it, but a lot of the anger is being directed at America because it's, it's seen as the American, there were four of the 12 owners were Americans were, were one of AC Milan and three of the English teams and the financer being American. And they're forcing the American sports model on the way the European club, European uh, cross, uh, you know, national cross international soccer has been worked over the last 70 years. So Champions League was started in 1950, and it's been that way for 70 years, give or take, with minor changes along the way. So to, you, you try teaching an old dog new tricks, and it usually doesn't go too well. Uh, Europeans are pretty well set in their ways, as 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 people well know. People who have been there, folks, they don't they don't change the way of doing things, even if it makes sense to do so. So. Do you think the Super League would have made sense then? Uh, the way it was written up, I, I think that it – so there's two there's two sides of the coin. I don't think the Super League was going to work because you could have teams like Arsenal and, uh, you know, some of the smaller teams like AC Milan who they were going to get a guaranteed paycheck wouldn't necessarily have an investment to continue investing in their squad. So mm-hmm. they would be end up having the guaranteed paycheck – be bottom feeders for a few years as they gut their squad and start from scratch. I could really see a situation where like in American sports, you have teams like the pirates and the Orioles in baseball um, or, you know, the jets or, or Jaguars in football, or basically just just they tank, they go all out on trying to make the worst roster 
so that they can save up money or they can get good draft picks. And in this model, save up money is really the model. Um, so I really think the Super League competitively was going to be its own worst enemy just based on the way the model works. Now, that being said, the European model, while it is there is some sort of meritocracy to it with a promotion or relegation, it's actually very much still there's still an entrenched elite like mm-hmm. you know the the big six that we talked about in europe in english soccer those guys have never been relegated in almost 30 years of the premier league existing so, uh, aside from manchester city back in the very beginning they were but those guys really have no threat of being relegated because they are just so heads above because there's no salary cap and so since there's no spending cap you've got teams like burnley who are operating on a string you know budget they're guys spending almost nothing their their focus is turning a profit and Mm -hmm. if they get relegated they get relegated and then you got teams like manchester city who basically will spend whatever it takes to win a trophy Mm -hmm. isn't your team relegated right now john shh (laughs) okay is your team john they're they're coming up they're coming up so uh swansea city is my team they uh we've been down for about three years and we're entering the uh second division playoffs at this point so Okay. There's a chance. There's a chance to come back up, but I I don't think they're going to. Trust no that no nothings. Can you? Can someone Joseph? Maybe I don't know John. Whatever. Can someone re-explain what relegated means? Yeah. In 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 foosball terms. <laughs> John, you want to take Greg? It means your team sucks so bad that you got moved from fourth grade back down to third grade. Um, <laughs> So that was triggering for me. <laughs> I was homeschooled. That happened. <laughs> we just stayed at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, your it, class. Yeah, it's kind of like I think think baseball with major leagues and minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, except in baseball, minor leagues are affiliates with major league baseball teams. So the minor league team is always going to be a minor league team. And the major league teams are going to draft college players and high school players, which is becoming less rare or becoming Mm -hmm. less often, I should say, with drafting high school players. And these farm teams, they call them, get stocked with players who progress through uh, single A, double A, triple A, and then into the majors and these different like levels of leagues. So take that situation that you have with. But again, like a triple A team is never really going to become a major league team. It's pretty codified in in this cast system mm-hmm. for lack of a better term um take that system except don't make these smaller teams um affiliates of the bigger major league teams although what's ironic is even in like uh the premier league or like in the bundesliga or something like that like the lower level teams end up playing sort of a minor league farm team role regardless because a lot of they can't afford the great the players that they develop and so they end up selling them to the bigger teams that we're talking about but back to like the baseball analogy imagine like that like i don't know what's a baseball team we should make fun of the montgomery biscuits a major league team but i didn't even know that existed there's a montgomery team oh montgomery biscuits that's kind of that's actually kind of a cute name great um yeah. Um, so let's take like, I don't know, the Seattle Mariners that I forget every other season actually exist as a baseball team. Let's say they did so poorly in the MLB that they just sucked and they were like one of the bottom four teams in the league. Well, let's say the Montgomery Biscuits had just like a crazy um, season and they're at the very top of their league. What would have happened in the next season is the Montgomery Biscuits would have moved up 
into the major leagues and the Seattle Mariners would have dropped down into the minor ah, leagues. Ah, all right. And so trading places. Exactly. So the so then the uh, Seattle Mariners would have had to play their tail off the next season in the second league or in the minor leagues to jump back up in the top flight team. So what's the what's the top what's the top league? Is it the Champions League? Well, the Champions League is made up of all the top teams of all so like let's imagine that like the let's. Canadian baseball let's imagine let's imagine like the Canadian baseball league, the American baseball league, the the Mexican baseball league, like the Caribbean baseball team, baseball league, and the Japanese baseball league were like all the top baseball leagues. And instead of just America dominating everyone, let's say it was, there's a little more parity between these leagues. The champions league would be like, you take the top four teams from America. You take the top like four teams from the Caribbean. You take the top four teams from Japan. You take the top two teams from Mexico because the league isn't as good. And you take like one team from Canada because they're not as good as the other ones. And, and all they're basically of, America. Ex- they are basically America. And they all get to play each other in this other separate league that's made up of other national teams together. I think maybe even a college football example might work better. It's like if you took the top teams from like from like the big 10, the PAC 10, the sec. Um, I'm probably messing up. It's like, if you took four teams from the sec, four teams from the big 10 and like two teams from the Mac, because nobody gives a crap about the Mac. Right. Um, and those teams, instead of having like the joke of college football playoffs that we have now, where it's like Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, and like maybe Notre Dame, um, you have those teams, those top teams actually play in their own separate league to determine kind of like who's the best champ, who's the best team of everyone, right? Instead of just, so it's a little bit, because to understand the Champions League, you have to understand international um, leagues having teams play each other. And us in America, we don't have that as much um, because we usually just have one national league for like the entire, um, for the entire country. And everyone else, just like even baseball, right? Like you don't like if you're, if you're really good at baseball in Mexico, you come to the U.S. and play baseball, right? You don't stay in the Mexican baseball league and play baseball there, right? You just you move. Um, so it's kind of a little bit hard to conceptualize, but I think using the college um, sports analogy and works it's decently. It's also worth noting that the Champions League is actually a concurrent competition with everybody's local national leagues. So the English teams play in the Premier League. And then during the middle which is of the, the week, National League, which is their National League, their National yeah. League, okay. and then they go during the middle of the week, they'll go play Champions League games okay. against teams in the Europe. Multinational League. Yep. Okay. And there's not every team in the Premier League. It's like the, it's the top four teams get to go to play in the Champions League from the previous year. So from the 2019 2020 season, the top four teams, uh, those teams got to go play in the Champions League for the 2020 2021 Champions League. So. The, it's the previous year qualifies you for the next year of Champions League, but then you play those all at the same time. Like Manchester United is having a great season this year, which Joseph, uh, how do you feel about that? Um, they're having a great year this year. Last year they had a terrible uh, season and they didn't qualify for the Champions League. This year they are. So I don't actually, know, if, Joseph, that hurts your feelings they, uh, at all. Or... They actually did qualify for the Champions League. Oh, they did. My bad. But they hilariously they got knocked out in the group stage of the champions league which oh, was really? pretty oh, funny God. so yeah they lost to some pretty bad teams That's yeah good. Good. joseph which uh, soccer team which club do you hate the most um 
Personally, I would say PSG, just because I am I do not like Messi. I mean, I do not like Mbappe or Neymar. I personally don't really like either of those guys. They're a little too um, PSG. Uh, Paris Saint Germain. So it's the Parisian yeah. team. They're like the essentially the only team in France worth watching, pretty much. So because they're owned by Qatar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they may as well just put on the Qatar national flag and just be like represent them at the World Cup or something. Like, uh, oh yeah, I really don't like PSG. I know um, Man City gets a lot of hate in the Premier League. A lot of people hate Man City because they really don't have any history and they just they're just owned by billionaire moguls. Um, I know United's hated, but I actually don't hate United that much because unlike like teams like City and like I don't know like PSG or even like Chelsea. Who have like were bought by like really wealthy owners, like United actually was. But they like, were nice billionaire moguls, as opposed to <laughs> Manchester City, right? Well, Is that why they're bad? <laughs> United, like, um, they like built a brand, <clears throat> and so they have like a lot of popularity worldwide because they were so good for so long, even though they weren't like. And now they have a lot of money, which is kind of funny. Is now that they have a lot of money, they suck. So it doesn't always work. <laughs> That's funny. John, do you have a personal team that you just hate? Or uh, I, I generally like to root for the little guy. So I, anytime that it's a, a big six team is on and they're playing against a, a, a bottom 14 team, I'll root for the bottom 14 team. But but really, I don't have any teams. I Well, you know what? Actually, come through, I do. Lazio. Really? I, I don't like Lazio because they're against Roma. And Roma is the team you have to root for in Rome because Lazio is garbage. Why? Why are they garbage? Just, just they are. Questions. Don't ask questions. So, well, okay. I guess, I guess that's the end of the they podcast. Then we just won't ask more questions. That's it. No, no. When, when, when I when we did our study abroad program in Rome, um, the you know the Rome Roma's the city, the team of the city. Lazio plays in the city, but they're really not the team of the city. So it's like the region. Yeah, that's the region Rome is in, and so they're they're more of a regional team that happens to play in Rome than actually a Roman team. I see. Um, I have to really go with Joseph on this one for the teams I hate. It's PSG. Like, I just, I can't stand PSG. It's just, it may be part of the reasons because they're French, right? Like, it just, I, I just, I can't stand them. Um, there was this hilarious moment where me and Charlie were in, uh, we were actually in Paris when I had, wasn't as in tune to what was going on. Charlie knew what was going on with, with, um, with, um, with the Champions League. Um, but it was a champion leagues game between Barcelona and PSG. And this was like in 2017. And I think I forget, I think they were going into the second leg because this is the other interesting thing that we could explain is when you get beyond the group stage where you have like four teams in groups, A, B, C, whatever, you usually have two legs. And so it's never just like you have, you have to play two games and whoever scores the most goals over both of those games moves on to the next next round um so it's kind of weird right because it's the combined aggregate goals between two games what was funny was uh barcelona was down in aggregate by like two or three goals or something and so everyone in psg thought they were going to go on like quite easily and barcelona pumps in like six goals and me and Charlie are at this bar in France, and all of these frogs are absolutely losing it as Barcelona just keeps on pounding in goals, and they, they just cannot understand 
what football gods are just screwing them over this time and they just can't take it. And I was kind of clueless as to what was going on. And Charlie was just like mouth agape. He was like, I can't believe this is happening. What's going on? But like everyone just is like, has their head in their hands and they can't take it anymore. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is before I even hated PSG. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing about that leg too, is it was for nothing yeah. from when they played in Paris. And so not only do you have two leg ties, but you also have the away goals rule, which essentially means if, if you're tied on aggregate score, whoever scored more goals as the away team wins the tie. So Barcelona didn't score any away goals either. So when they went back home for the, the second leg, they basically had to score four goals to tie and not let any, or they'd have to score six goals, which is just Anyone who's seen a soccer game knows it's patently absurd. It just doesn't happen. Score and the fact that they won six to one, just, <laughs> that game was unbelievable. And they scored, they scored their last goal in stoppage time, literally like the last free kick of the game. Like there was no time left, which was just, it was hilarious. I was dying. That I think Barcelona did lose that one game to, to Liverpool in very similar fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was, I think it was the, the year after that or two years after that, where yeah. they came in with their own three, nothing tie lead. And then Bar- Liverpool went off and ran up four nothing win to take the tie. So mm-hmm. they had a little bit of poetic justice in the end, but uh, that was nice to see PSG go down. That's funny. So John, you mentioned um, when we were talking about uh, this whole thing, you said that somehow FIFA ends up looking like the good guy in all of this. Could you explain that a little bit more? What you explain by that? Because you generally, you generally say you root for the little guy. FIFA is definitely not decidedly, not the little guy. (laughs) Um, why Why do they look like the good guy? Let me just clarify my position by saying they look like the little guy emphasis on look, uh, appearances can be deceiving. And so it's all a matter of, of comparison. So, when you look at the, the Big 12 that decided to do the European Super Duper League on their own um, and uh, go off and, and entrench themselves in, in Boogoo Bucks, um, it, outside the FIFA structure, FIFA was left as the opposing voice, or UEFA, the European, uh, uh, basically the Confederation of European uh, Countries, and then FIFA, the broader national, international, uh, global one as well. Those people put down their foot at FIFA and they said, point blank, your players are not playing in the World Cup. They said, your players are not playing in international competitions. And if you have anyone who wants to, they can't play in the Super League, basically. So at that point, which was, I think, about Monday, so the teams announced the European Super League on a Sunday night. FIFA came out and said that the very next day. They they were very – they didn't mince their words. They just point blank said they can't do it. And that's when you started to see teams have players basically starting to get up in arms and say, we can't do this. We have to go back because otherwise these Super League teams would have been losing players too. players who wanted to play in the 2022 World Cup. They may have played for the Super League until then, but then they would have definitely left. So they could have played in Qatar in 2022. Hmm. So they came in looking like they're saving, helping out the little guy. They Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I see. But don't 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 get me wrong. They are not the good guys in this story. <laughs> who, who are the real good guys, John? Tell us. There, there are sure no good guys, and, oh. and that's it's actually oh, that's you know, depressing. <laughs> it's a sad thing. It's a sad truth. You, you could say the fans are the good guys, 
but that's too like cliche. There, there just are no good guys in the story. You've got UEFA, which is historically a corrupt organization. Back maybe 10 years ago, you had, uh, what is it? Was it, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a U.S. guy, part of FIFA, who basically ratted out and turned in a bunch of the guys he used to work with. And then the FBI raided FIFA's headquarters. Oh, that's and they, right. In and New they York. arrested a whole bunch of people, including the president of FIFA. The president of UEFA, <laughs> right. I think, got arrested as well. So, like, there's corruption to the top in these organizations, just money laundering, uh, you know, bribes, backdoor deals, all sorts of things that are very much beyond the pale. So um, would certainly worth keeping in mind that just because they, they, they were on the right side of this particular argument uh, doesn't give them a pass on all the other different things they've done. Hmm. Michael, has this made your brain explode a little no, bit? No, but I'm just saying because, because, because you can't say... Go ahead, somebody. Joseph, say what you're going to say. Rich people bad. <laughs> I was just saying, like everyone's like, oh, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, the Super League is just doing it for all the money. But it's like also on the flip side, like FIFA and UEFA, like that. This is this is all for their money as well. So it was whose money was going to go where? Well, for and me, UEFA has already started talking about yeah, their own. So, like the finances was the big part why these teams did this. UEFA has already come and they're already talking to an English bank about putting together a similar financial packet than what JP Morgan had put together for the other 12 teams. And UEFA has also changed their model, as I mentioned at the very beginning, of the Champions League. So now there's going to be a model with instead of 32 teams, there'll be 36 teams. And two of those spots are going to be based off of team coefficients, which is essentially a safety net for whenever a Manchester United or a Juventus or a Dortmund doesn't do well enough to get in their top four, it's a safety net to catch them uh, so they can have a free ride into the group stage and still get that paycheck for it comes through the Champions League. I see. Michael, you were going to say something? No, I'm just saying like, earlier, John mentioned that like there's no good guys. He's like, I don't want to say like the fans are the good guys because that'd be cliche. So there's no good guys. So the fans also are just crap. Like nobody wins. Nobody's the good guy here. All the fans, the all those Chelsea the fans, stuck, eat, the fish, <laughs> eat the poor, everyone eat each other. <laughs> I play soccer in the first place because there's so much controversy. If you're if you're a Chelsea fan who has season tickets or spends any money whatsoever on the team, you probably sacrifice the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph's like, oh no, my shirt. <laughs> you're feeding a, a Russian a Russian you know billionaire, and it's. You're part of the problem. Don't tell James. All of a sudden, he's gonna like wallpaper his whole room in, in Chelsea stuff. I'm just, <laughs> I, you know, I just like when you have teams like Burnley is the perfect example of an English team that does things the right way. Yes, they suck. Yes, they're never gonna win anything, but they like they do everything the right way. They don't play funny business. Their own, actually, I take that back. I think they actually just got sold to. Uh, a conglomerate, but a Chinese okay. company. Um, but anyways, before they got sold to a multi-billion dollar business, um, they did things the right way. And then the money was too good. But and Personally, my favorite team is the FC Locomotives, um, which I believe is the Moscow team. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, they were in the go. Champions League. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not certain, but I think they're in the Champions League. And uh, you know, I don't really care how they do. I just, I just, I just like how they, I just like their, you know, their their work ethic. You know, <laughs> bring the train. 
Yeah. Well, I don't even care if they're even like even play soccer or football or whatever. Football. <laughs> Mike, what about um what about the corruption in, in boxing? We're talking about there's no good guys. There's never been any flops um in boxing ever in their history, has there? I'm never. This is just my imagination. What do you mean by flops? What do you mean by flops? I, I I don't know. I've just I've heard these these malicious rumors that sometimes boxers take falls for uh for payouts. Oh, I just heard these. I don't know if you can dispel these rumors, Mike. That's but what uh, mean, that's what you mean. Uh, not not in not in. So so in in like back alley boxing for sure, for sure that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you have professional boxers that show their face and if you're any good so if the if 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 you're any good of a boxer you're like you have like at all like are a good boxer your face is your brand that's actually why professional boxers don't wear headgear it's not because of like oh it's the next level it's whatever it's because their face is their brand Um. um and it's the only recognizable thing and so so the like professional boxers that are actually like worth their salt whatsoever like uh, not there's not a lot of there's not a lot of like you know slipping you know you don't do that because like you're gonna make tons of money if you win you're gonna make tons of money if you lose you're gonna make tons of money if you win and then also no one wants to be a loser because losers don't win losers lose so uh, <laughs> so yeah right. so that's, that's yeah but during a full circle where you're a champion you're not super because that would be yeah. conceded yeah yeah. yeah so um mayweather and mcgregor mcgregor there wasn't like a the fix wasn't in on that fight where they called it on uh mcgregor so early oh mcgregor oh yeah i'm very proud of mcgregor very proud of mcgregor not surprised how it went at all but why like are we talking about this we should be talking about the fc locomotives Moscow <laughs> yeah. team soccer <laughs> i'm just going, curious i'm just curious we've we, tra- we transitioned to the chin is there a top in soccer is there like a super bowl yeah it's, it's the champions league final Oh, Champions League, what's that? Say again? Sorry, I'm, I'm asked. John, Joseph, what's the Championship League's final? It's called the Champions League final. <laughs> but when is it? It's coming it's up. Coming up. It, we're at the semifinals now. So I think it's early June. Well, I need well, I need to know this date because I'm going to be watching the FC Locomotives compete in that. For sure. I think they got already, knocked already got eliminated. They got crew knocked out in the group you, stage. You say that, you say that, but you know, Bolsheviks always find a way. <laughs> <laughs> they would literally need Putin to like invade like Europe at this point, because there's only four teams left to be like, oh, no, let's see locomotives they play. That's it. <laughs> That's what well, if it makes you feel better. Locomotive is in the Russian Cup final. That does make me feel a little bit better. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, is this actually the team? I thought... <laughs> You're like, all I know is Chelsea. Everything else is lies. <laughs> they were even in the Champions League. He was absolutely spot on about yeah, that. Yeah, Zenit and the group stage. Yeah, Zenit, Zenit was also. I believe. I've heard and they're Zenit. not even, so like in, in Russia, they're not even one of the top teams in Moscow, and they still managed to make the Champions League. Yeah, why was there so many Russian teams in the Champions League this year? There's only two. Oh, is that just always two? So why the... were there so many? <laughs> okay. Collusion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no collusion. <laughs> no collusion. I think Joseph's frozen. No, he's oh, great. Nice. Yeah, my connection's very poor. That's he's just angry that someone said a bad thing about Roman Abramovich. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just like, ah, triggered. Um, Didn't Abramovich also own Monaco, or am I spot off? I'm wrong on that. I'm not sure. Russian guy. I know he does have a lot of money, so he can. Yeah. Who do you guys think will win the uh, Champions League right now? Uh, who's left? It's PSG, Man City. I'm forgetting the other two. Real Madrid, and I'm messing up on the third. Bunch of scrubs. What? Who's the fourth? fourth but... Who's the fourth? Chelsea. Oh, that's right. The Your team. Who do you have uh, winning yeah. this whole thing? I don't really, I don't really see anyone being City. Really? In my opinion. Why? Yeah. They're just, <laughs> they're so good. They're, they're just stacked from top to bottom. When you look at their bench, like, almost everyone on their bench would start for, like, Chelsea. It's ridiculous. Whew. It's not good. Uh, John, who do you have? I mean, I have to go with PSG. Um, they got to the final last year. They basically have built their team with one purpose in mind. They've basically said, screw the French competition. We don't care if we win the French competition. We're going to focus everything on winning the Champions League. So I think they're finally going to do it this year. I actually thought um, PSG was actually going to win it by default uh, because when they started up the Super League, there's this whole thing where I think it was UEFA threatened that any team that was in the Super League was going to just automatically get cut out of like this like current Champions League, and that would have been everyone except PSG. And so PSG would have won it by default, which would have been a hilarious way for the French to have won like their first Champions League or something was everyone else had to like, I don't know, surrender or get disqualified and they win on a technicality. Right. And they don't actually get to do it in some sort of like legitimate fashion. There's like, oh, 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 oh. we all champions. Oh, 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 oh. Like that would have been winning, really winning by surrender. Usually the French are on the other side of that. I know. Yeah. But that would have, would have been like ironic oh, or something. Turntables have turned. <laughs> exactly. Major. Is turn, Liverpool, yeah. is Liverpool uh, still in? No, no they, they, they just got eliminated. They just got eliminated? By Madrid. Okay. Is there going to be some major uh, shakeups there? Because are they not even going to qualify for the Champions League next yeah, year? Yeah, I don't. The chances of them qualifying are pretty slim right now. Um, so, yeah, which actually for Liverpool, they don't, they're not owned by like an extremely wealthy owner. So that actually hurts Liverpool a lot in terms of like revenue or whatever. But yeah. Hmm. We should find them a chic. <laughs> some, some, some yeah, the, owner, the owner of the Boston Red Sox owns the Liverpool. So really, mm-hmm. oh man, yep. wow! He just is addicted to buying just red. So games. I mean, if you're playing three dimensional chess, forty chess, not three D chess, forty chess, you could see that how Liverpool not making the Champions League might negatively impact the Boston Red Sox too. Interesting, because which you would can't. be a good thing. Which would or wouldn't, sir? If Boston were to lose the Red Sox, that would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Yes, back a decade. Yes, John, that would be a good thing. I I kind of like Boston. No, 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 we don't. No, I, I just a little bit better than the Yankees. Better than the Yankees. Okay, that's see, that's that's using a like a, a like a false equivocation. Both Boston and the Yan- Yan- Yankees can both be bad. You can hate them both. You're like you're like you're comparing. It's like comparing Satan and Judas. You know, like they're both terrible. <laughs> Oh, that, that's just... which one's which one's Satan? Which one's Judas? I would say uh, Satan yeah. is the Yankees and Judas yeah. is the Red Sox. But 
<laughs> That's probably right. Sure. Is he a majority owner for both Liverpool and um, and uh, the Red Sox? It's the Fenway Sports Group. So John Henry is the main principal. <laughs> Mike, are you doing okay? I'm a Satanist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, are you, a, are you a Yankees fan? Yeah, I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> My comes from Queens. That's just that'll be the title of the video of the episode. Michael is a Satanist. Are you kidding me, <laughs> Mike? There's always the Mets. No, no, there's always there's there's always FC Locomotive <laughs> champions next time round. That's what they always do. Screw the Mets, Yankees, and. Russian soccer. Well, if you're looking for a new baseball team, I'm not. I should. I would love <laughs> to introduce you. While we're on the topic of European, go- we're topic of European sports leagues and baseball, the Honkball Hoof Class. <laughs> what the hell is that? The Honkball Hoof Class is the greatest European sports league ever. <laughs> what is it? It's a baseball it's, team. It's the Dutch baseball league. What the cricket over there? <laughs> Cricket they have in Europe, but but actually Netherlands and Germany and Italy, I think are the only three leagues that actually have like some semblance of an actual professional baseball league over there. Wild. That's but cool. with a name like Honkball Hoofklaus, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before the thing hits the big time. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool name, I gotta admit. <laughs> it's a very good name. That's an amazing name. Uh Joseph, can you bring this more into practical, like practical standards? So, why are these teams good? So, like, you're playing, you're playing soccer right now for your college, right? So, like, yeah. why, why should I appreciate watching, and why should I appreciate any of these teams as good? Besides the fact that they win games. Well, I guess part of the reason I don't appreciate PSG is because I feel like they're just carried French? by Neymar. And French? No, it's just because it's kind of just Neymar and Mbappe go out and do their thing, and everyone just gets carried. By who them. are these? Who are these guys, by the way? Doesn't Neymar just flop? That's what I hate about Neymar. Oh, what kind of name is Boppy? <laughs> <laughs> Polly. <laughs> Twisty. They're both just extremely talented. And so, yeah. But City, City, in terms of like tactically, because their coach is Pep Guardiola, who I think is probably hands down the best coach of our generation or this like last 20, 15, 15 years. His, uh, his, his style of coaching has been like revolutionary. For soccer it's basically changed like how the whole game's been played in terms of like with with like attacking fullbacks and the spacing and the tiki taka which is essentially like because the long ball used to be very popular like i would say like 15 years ago but the way um the way pep plays is called pep ball is just small short triangular passes around the defenders which has been like like and that's what like my team in college that's what we try to emulate too so and it's kind of been emulated like everywhere across all the major, the major soccer leagues. So yeah. Well, if you had to expand on that, Joseph, like if you if you had to be a tactician, and think of a different way of taking that as your baseline, and then expanding it into a different way, a new way, yeah, to win games because obviously you always want to do things the old way, but you always want to build. About on winning, them. if you're not winning, you're well, you're nothing. That's true. If you're second place, you're just first loser. If um, you ain't first or last. Exactly. Joseph, how would you, how would, if you're like a master tactician, what would you add into the mix? 
but I just uh, really put you on the spot in terms of like, yeah, I really, I'm not that tactically smart. Um, I could say something in terms of like my college, like how I would change the way like my college team plays, but okay, I, in cool. terms of like, I'll send this to your coach leagues like that. I, that's way beyond me. <laughs> Be like, Hey, Hey coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would definitely say in my league, uh, like the NAIA, which is where I play. Um, I would definitely, I think our team should high press more. It would be better for us to press more, but mm-hmm. it all depends. I know like teams like Liverpool, they play with a very high line, with the intention of um, forcing mistakes out of the back from other teams. And that's worked very well for them with their coach. Um, and then City's kind of like the opposite, I feel like. And then you've got Jose Mourinho's teams, which just park the bus and sit back for 90 minutes, try to score in the corner. <laughs> Wait, so how does City, how is City different? They just play a lot of uh, like defensive and they don't push forward on the front line or? They're, they're very possession oriented. So when they win the ball back, they don't try to count anyway. They try to build out of the back, which prior to like, because when Pep was a coach at Barca in like 2008, that was like when it was first becoming really popular. Prior to that, teams never play with the goalie. You know, they would never send the fullbacks, which are the outside backs, high. It was always just kind of like send the long balls and not play out the back as much. The game's changed as your center backs and your goalie have to be very technical and be able to move the ball. I see. So they have to set up the play. I think, yeah. Okay. And that's and that's also like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the sweeper keeper is a pretty new thing where he, like basically most teams traditionally yeah. their goalie was just their one job of stopping shots. But now teams like, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Guardiola is like they're playing with 11 outfield players sometimes where the goalies will go way out of their goal and play the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, isn't that what something that I'm forgetting the name of the goaltender for um, Bayern Munich again, Neuer. Wasn't Neuer? Didn't Neuer? Did was Neuer the one who pioneered that whole system? Or Neuer, Neuer's very good at it, and Pep did actually was a coach at uh, Bayern Munich for a couple of years there with Neuer. So that's probably part of the reason. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So I guess where do you guys see these teams that were part of the uh, Super League going forward? Um, since this whole thing has simultaneously collapsed, all the English teams pulled out a couple of the Spanish teams. Do you think this will have long ranging implications on soccer or football or whatever we're calling it, or will it just kind of be just a footnote in this weird thing that happened like for half a week that everyone talked about for like half a week. And then we talked about it like a week after. I think it's going to be a footnote. And generally speaking, because I think these teams already have a huge amount of power as is in the existing structure, and they've already gotten the changes they wanted to the Champions League. Um, Like they had gotten this new Champions League format agreed to the Friday before they decided to go rogue and start the Super League. So I really don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of long-term ramifications because a lot of the smaller leagues, the smaller teams, they need these bigger teams because they bring in a lot of the the ad revenue from you know eyeballs on TVs for a lot of these big games. Mm-hmm. Joseph, yeah, I know, I know UEFA or UEFA, however you say it. I know they've said something about like punishing the teams, but I feel like that would just be kind of pointless at this point. Like, 
there's no point in doing that. I feel like just let it slide and move on because I don't think Super League's going to come back at all. Yeah, I don't think they would ever. I don't think something like this will ever happen again, really, within our lifetimes. Um, but it would be interesting um, to see if there's any long-term impacts. But I kind of tend to agree with you guys that I don't think there will be. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if the, some of the Spanish teams get money for their deficits. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of a funny, like, side note, like, end of it all. And in the end, you know, Barcelona got so many you know, million euros, and that was it. And so, yeah, well, that was an elaborate plot. But I think it'll be interesting um, if that's the only outcome. That'd be kind of funny and almost a little ironic. So anyway. All right. Well, um, if anyone else has any like final thoughts on this uh, before we wrap this up, um, I don't know. John, are you still holding out hope here for, for your team to get up into the champions league ever? Or are you just, you're like the it's like the cubs on steroids like i think it's lovable losers times 20 you know it's always more exciting to root for a team that isn't at the top of the table because you tune in you don't necessarily know if they're really going to win or lose you get to be disappointed a lot more often but life is a little more exciting so when swansea went to the europa league um back in 2013 that was so so exciting because it was completely unexpected but you know when a Chelsea goes the champ doesn't make the Champions League it's completely unexpected and it's a disappointment. So I prefer to root for my middle of the table team and be you know excited whenever they finally do win a big game as opposed to uh, you know, expect to win every time. A little more fun that way. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, I would say um, I'm, well it's really good that the Super League didn't happen but I also like if it had happened. You wouldn't have had um, like the Leicester City story. I don't know if you guys know about that, but um, no. in 2015, Leicester was 5,000 to one odds to win the Premier League. And they were like, they were literally, they almost got relegated the year before. They escaped by the skin of their teeth. And then they went on and they went, had an incredible run for 38 games and ended up winning the Premier League, which is just insane. It was the biggest upset in the history of sports ever. So, like, stuff like that, if there was a Super League, wouldn't been able to happen which is i'm sorry the, the miracle on ice would like a word <laughs> see the, the thing that was crazy with last year is it was 38 games you know like it's not just they showed up for one game and had a miracle or come back or something but it was 38 like a whole season in like six months which is just mind-blowing to me yeah i disagree with that um cool well i think we have two opposing viewpoints on how you should live your life. You have Joseph who's like, Oh yes, Chelsea. And then there's John whose team. I can't even really remember it, even though he said it a couple. couple. My team is whoever is going to eat the rich. <laughs> so Bernie, so we got Bernie Sanders over here. Great. <laughs> we got Joseph in a polo looking like a prep buy. The rich. Need to tax the rich. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers.
That was a joke, but yeah, that was weird. So, 